Hi there, and welcome to the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We're Alana, Paris, and Kyle, friends who have a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. On our podcast, we weekly discuss topics that are typically left in the shadows, and we do our best to shine God's light and love onto them. Welcome here. Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. Um, I'm here, Alana, with Kyle. We are hanging out tonight, and I am going to sort of do, well, a bit of like an interview slash we're just going to get to know Kyle better. Um, yeah, and hear more of who he is, more of his story, um, and then hopefully maybe some of this will resonate with you or encourage you, and so let's do it. So, Kyle, um, yes. how you do? how you doing tonight? How are you feeling? How you feeling? Great. I'm home alone. I'm living the bachelor mm-hmm. life. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. My family left me for vacation, so I have nothing but time. So you're golfing. I wish. <laughs> I'm fixing my deck. Oh yeah. Which is oh. not going to be done before they get home, as was the plan. Oh shoot. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah. Okay. So thinking of this, um, tell us a bit about about you, about your, your testimony, your history, what's kind of formed you into who you are today. Um, as much as I know, briefly, I don't know how you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> briefly. Sure. I, I will do my best. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I grew up, uh, Christian family, Christian home, good Christian parents. I have mm-hmm. one younger brother and we, Went to church every Sunday. We went to youth group every week. We were very involved. My parents were very involved. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like pretty typical Christian family upbringing was goody two shoes, never swore, never stole, never did any of that, that yep. stuff. Um, and yeah, kind of like I teased last week in the episode, like I would be sharing about my struggles with porn and how it's impacted mm-hmm. my life. So yeah. I I was first introduced to it in grade what are you in your 12 years old grade 6? Um and something like that. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, grade 6 and yeah, and it just became a thing. It was like, "Oh, this is mm-hmm. nice to look at and mm-hmm. my my body reacts this way when I see it, so this feels good." Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it became a thing all through high school. And then I remember very specifically, I don't know exactly what grade. It was somewhere between grade 9 and grade 12 because I was playing on a really high-level baseball team and we were doing a, a uh, trip for a tournament. We were down in Washington State. And I remember, I think it was grade 10 because I was a rookie on the team and we would – three or four guys would have to share a room and Mm -hmm. usually if you were the rookie you got the floor so that the older guys could get the bed and I remember I went to bed early one night I laid on the floor went to sleep and before I fell asleep everyone had congregated in our room and uh, in the corner of the room I would say maybe half a dozen six or eight guys they were all watching porn together and I remember oh, wow. one of them look. I remember one of them looking over at me and like being like, "Hey, Ends, you want to come join us?" And I was like, "No, no, like I don't do that." 
And I remember in that moment, just feeling like the biggest hypocrite in the world, because on the outside, (laughs) right on the outside, I'd always been, everyone knew I was a Christian kid, right? I didn't swear. I didn't do anything. Like I, I was different than them. Whereas Mm -hmm. like little did they know, you know, I was very much just like them. And so that was a moment of like extreme hypocrisy, extreme shame. Mm. And yeah, that, that's a moment that in my journey, I will never forget. Um, So yeah, moving on through the rest of high school, it was an issue on and off constantly dealing with guilt and shame and then going back to, you know, get rid of those feelings because watching porn obviously felt good. And so then we get to, there's some point after high school, I don't remember exactly the year. I want to say maybe like 2010, 2011, I ended up telling my parents basically saying like, Hey, this is an issue for me. Like I need some help. And Mm -hmm. they were like, they had never dealt with this before because right. you know, it was way different in my parents era you had to go get a magazine or something right, right? there yeah. was no internet so yeah and and I was the oldest and so as far as I know my brother had never told them about um him right. he, him having an issue so this was the first time yeah. they had had to deal with their kid going through this and so they really had no idea what to do mm-hmm. and uh I think I had come across Covenant Eyes myself and I basically said like hey you know, can you guys get this for me? And they said, yeah, no problem, of course. So it went on like my phone, my laptop and all that stuff. But Covenant Eyes wasn't as good then as it is now. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't the hardest thing to get around. I mean, obviously you couldn't right. go to like the most obvious websites because Covenant right. Eyes would block those. But some of the less obvious ones, Covenant Eyes, I guess, hadn't got in their database yet or whatever. So Mm-hmm. There were there were ways around it, and I never really told anyone that I was getting around it. I just acted like everything was good. Right. And then we get to meeting my wife. So I met my wife mm. in the summer of 2013, and... We had both just gotten out of really long relationships. Both of us had just ended mm. like five, five plus year long relationships. Wow. Yeah. And so we knew pretty quickly like what we wanted, what worked, what didn't work. And we both said to each other like, this is either going to work and we're going to know right away or it's not going to work and we're going to know right away and we'll just move on. So right away we clicked and everything was amazing. So we knew that this was going to work pretty quickly. And our church was offering, um, our church offered this program called Freedom Session. Oh, and yeah. it's basic, it's basically, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's like a 12-step program to... Mute myself here. <laughs> hashtag renovations. Um, so yeah, Freedom Session is basically a 12-step program to walk you through any issue that you're going through in your life. So if AA is a 12-step program for alcohol, Freedom Session is a 12-step program for insert your, your issue here. And right. so it actually was amazing. Obviously, mm-hmm. I went in for porn, and I guess I wasn't – at that point, I was admitting to myself it was an addiction. And so they kind of group you up with people who right. are going through similar things. And so my group mm-hmm. was all a bunch of guys that were struggling with this. But the cool thing was – 
my wife actually was recommended to go into it um, by her mentor for some stuff that she was dealing with. And her mentor said, you know, this is one of those things that's not going to work very well if just you do it because it's really intense. So she said, I think Kyle should do it with you. And she didn't know that I was what I was going through at this point. So it actually was a huge blessing that we went through it. And it was the best premarital counseling we could have ever done Mm, because we basically knew everything about each other very quickly and very intimately. And so, yeah, I think we hadn't even finished freedom session and we actually got engaged during part of our freedom session. I think we were like two thirds of the way through and we got engaged. So yeah, that was super cool. We finished freedom session. Things are going great. Like I'm not struggling anymore. Freedom session helped a lot. And then we get married and things are still going great. And I don't remember exactly how long into the marriage it took, but obviously things came back. Marriage does not solve this problem. Having sex does not solve this problem as I naively thought it would. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, once we got married, my wife came onto my Covenantize account and she was the one who was getting my like weekly reports um, as like my accountability person. And Mm -hmm. then I had, I had a guy as well who would get them. Um, but yeah, I would say, again, I don't remember exactly how soon it came back, but let's say within a year or two, it kind of snuck back in and I was, I was back to my old ways. Coven and I's had gotten better by this point, but I mean, if you're determined enough, you will find a way to get around anything. Yeah. So, so yeah, that came back and I was always the one thing that I, I guess I'm not proud of, but the one thing I always did pretty well is I never lied about it. I never lied to my right. wife about it. I never tried to mm, hide it. Yeah. And it sucked obviously for her to hear that I was going through this again after having some amount of success after freedom session. And she would, you know, do her best to be forgiving and be gracious and all of those things. But obviously it's, it hurts and it cuts deep and it leaves wounds and, you know, it's, it's traumatic for Mm -hmm. the receiving spouse to go through. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that went on for the next how many years we've we been married now? Let's say five years went on for the next five or so years, kind of on and off some periods of success, some periods of not so much success. Yeah. Um, I remember one point in our marriage, just it was really bad. And I wouldn't, like I said, I would never lie about it if she asked me, but I also wasn't right. going to be super forthcoming with it. So right. I would come home from work or wherever I was and she would say like you know how did it go today and if she asked I would tell her but so I remember there was a period of time where I would just dread coming home like please don't ask please don't ask please don't ask because 
I have a really guilty conscience. So if she asks, I'm going to tell her, but if right. she doesn't ask, yeah. I'm, I wasn't going to offer it up yeah. on my yeah. own. So yeah, that went on for a while. And then we got to a bit of a breaking point. Um, and this kind of leads into our next question of, you know, how did I get to a point where I realized I needed help, like professional yeah. help? Yeah. So um, it was May the 20th of last year, 2021. And mm. it was, I think it was a Friday, 20th or 21st. And um, my wife had gotten my report from Covenant Eyes and it was not a good report. Right. And so she kind of broke down and she yeah. straight up told she straight up told me she said Kyle you need to go get some help you need to go mm. seek out someone that can help you end this for good yeah and that was a bit of a punch in the gut and yeah I, I imagine <laughs> so well. I wasn't gonna sit there and argue with her and say no I'm not going to right like yeah what no, it's loser, fine. I'm be, fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I can yeah, handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I've uh, done so well for the past 20 years. <laughs> I'm trending. <laughs> yeah, Down. exactly. No. So our church has an amazing counseling program. And so I reached out to the head counselor of that program and said, hey, this is what I'm going through. Can you help me? If not, who do I talk to? And again, this is May, 2021. So we're in the thick of COVID and our church counseling program is just overrun with, you know, marriage problems and depression and all this kind of stuff. So he basically said, you know, sorry, I can't do it, but here are two people in the community that are great with this. And so one of them was a guy named Dr. Dave Curry. And this is, this is his thing. This is what he does full time. He does you know, marriage counseling, family counseling, all around the trauma yeah. of pornography addiction, both for the wow. giver or for the addiction, the addict and anyone that's on the receiving end of the addiction. Right. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, help me. And yeah. he connected me with, I guess he's been training up a couple people, like his little not little, his protégés, basically. He's been training a couple people that uh, their title is uh, sexual addiction coach. Oh, wow. So I got, yeah, so I got connected with one of those guys, and I went in, and basically the first uh, session is just them asking you a bunch of questions about your history and everything from childhood all the way up to today to do with everything in your life, not just pornography or sex related. Yeah. And then I guess based on their, their rubric or their whole little system that they have, they um, kind of have like a, a diagnosis. I'm doing air quotes here for those of you that can't see us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I was what they call a biological sex addict, basically meaning like this had started so young that this is what your body knows and what your body craves so much that Mm. it's just, it's an addiction. And 
thankfully I was on the lower end of that scale. Not that that makes it any less severe or significant. Right. Right. But uh, yeah. So then I did May, June, July. So I think I did 10 weeks straight of weekly counseling with the section addiction coach. But the really cool thing about Dr. Dave's recovery program is he has this group called regroup, which stands for recovery group. And so oh. part of the recovery program is you have to be in the group um, for minimum of one year. So every Tuesday morning, even still, yep. I meet with a group of, I think if everyone shows up, we're about 50 people. And so, wow. Yeah. Every Tuesday morning I show up, somebody does a talk for a half an hour. There's a half hour group discussion and then a half hour of small groups. And part of, so yeah, there's a few parts of the recovery. One is you have to do some one-on-one. And so I did 10 weeks of that. And then we did, I think four more sessions spaced out over the next few months. And basically the sex addiction coach has to say, you know what, you're at a good place right now. There has been no relapse. Like we can end the one-on-one sessions, but you still have to do your group sessions. And another part of the recovery is you need to find at least one person who is like an accountability partner, but they call it a wingman. And Mm. your wingman has, um, there's probably like six or eight questions that they need to ask you once a week. But you also daily need to check in with them and tell them how the day went. So they, so they call it an all clear. So every night. And so I had two wingmen. I had one that was a friend of mine. And then I had one that was a gentleman who's like my mentor, a little bit older and wiser than me. Mm -hmm. So every night I would text them, AC standing for all clear and then whatever day number I'm on. So AC one for the first day, all the way up to whatever. Yeah. Um, and I would say that was actually huge for my recovery because I could right. tangibly see my success and I mm-hmm. did not want to have to reset. I did not want yeah. to have to go back to day one. So that was a yeah. huge motivator for me was a, I'm accountable to two people that I don't want to let down. Yeah. Plus, I don't want to let my spouse down again. Plus, yeah. I don't want to let myself down. Plus, I just want to see this number keep climbing and climbing and climbing. So totally. as, as silly as it seems, this stupid little number text message that I have <laughs> to send every night was probably one of the biggest things in my recovery. Wow. Um, so yeah, that was, that was super cool. And then, yeah, yeah so I hit my one year in may of this year with no relapses and i have yeah so i've decided to stay in the group because i really like my small group and i really like the you know discussions and the talks that we go through every week um so yeah and then if i ever want to leave the group i have to get permission from my spouse a pastor and my small group leader And I have to have done a 12-step program. There's a 12-step program within Regroup that Dr. Dave uh, encourages people to do. Mm -hmm. But because I've already done Freedom Freedom Session for this, 
um, that counts. So I think at this point I could leave whenever I want. I know I have my wife's permission. I, and I don't think I would have a problem getting, right. uh, you know, a blessing from a pastor or anyone else, but yeah, I choose to stay in because I really like the group and mm-hmm. it, uh, it really helps me. And even now, like I don't send my text messages daily. I send them weekly, but I still send them to my wingmen and I still am doing my best to be accountable to them. Cool. And yeah, that's me. That's awesome. And my yeah. journey. So at any point in this, was your wife like going, does she, did she go with you to counseling or it was all just like just you and Yeah, good question. Doctor- so they have a program that is this for the wives. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. It's called PURGE. I forget what it stands for, but it is exactly this for the wives. And keep in mind, one thing I should say is, Again, not trying to compare myself or diminish the significance of this, but I was on the lower end of the severity. There are guys in the group who have, you right. know, had ser- had serial affairs or have been, you know, accused of sexual assault or stuff like that. Right. So those women are dealing with a lot more on the right, female right. or on the wife's recovery side of this. Yeah. So my wife found. So my wife went. I want to say like three or four times. And then they also pair you up with a female um, like coach, I guess, recovery coach for the spouses. And the female coach was good, but my wife really didn't enjoy the group sessions because she just didn't find she could relate to these people because I hadn't done the things that these partners had done. And it seemed a little bit more severe and, it seemed like a lot of these women hadn't been aware of a lot of these things. Whereas I was constantly being honest with my wife. We were in talks all the time. Like she knew exactly what I was going through, how bad it was. Like there was nothing that was really a surprise. So these women on the women's recovery side were caught off guard or whatever. And so the weekly meetings for the women were, mostly just like venting sessions for some of these women Mm. and that got really draining for my wife because she one didn't get a chance to talk and two she had nothing to relate to with these women yeah no that totally makes sense yeah so with I would say within a month she just kind of stopped going and we just kind of kept talking and she would ask me how my morning stuff went and every once in a while Um, one of our talks in the morning would be, you know, how to talk to your spouse about this or how to treat your spouse in light of this or things you should be telling your spouse or asking your spouse, just always trying to keep them involved. And just through conversation, I mean, nothing new to our listeners, but communication. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, just through communication (laughs) and being open and honest and that it was, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, good for her her recovery on her side of things yeah um but yeah they do really take seriously the the receiving spouse and again they define it as a traumatic experience for the wife Mm. to go through this or for the husband to go through this if it's the wife with the issue yeah um 
but yeah, they definitely don't just deal with the addict spouse. They deal with the receiving spouse and they take that very seriously. And I think a few times a year they do a big conference where it's like all day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, intense workbooks, you know, working through all this stuff and yeah, yeah. they take that very seriously. Wow. No, that's great. No, I think often women, um, I just say women because that's typically who we're getting messages from on our like Instagram account where they're like, Mm -hmm. you know, my husband's struggling with this. Where do I go? What resources are there for me? So yeah, it's nice to know that like this program, like at least it's like they were also being thought of and cared for. Um, Yeah, definitely. Because those are, yeah, like you said, real traumatic emotions, like feelings and experiences for them to, to go through. So no, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering, so in this process, at what point did, cause like now you're talking about this and it's something you like are comfortable talking about, but was there a point in time where you felt like shameful talking about this stuff and like, how did it get to a point where it wasn't shameful, but then turned into being something that's empowering and like something you in, like enjoy talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I said, lots of shame growing up. The one baseball experience was like the peak of shame for me. Um, yeah. But I think once I got into the program and I think once I hit 50 days, mm-hmm. I said to myself like, okay, I'm never going back. Like I, mm-hmm. I can do this. I got this. And then once I had a hundred days, it kind of just reaffirmed it. So yeah. I would say, yeah, around that 50 to 100 days of success mark, I really got confident and like proud of having some success. And that's yeah. kind of where I started to not feel shameful about it. But like, okay, like my story is going to be used for good now. And yeah. I'm not going to not let it be not used for good. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a night, so May... June, July, August, September. So let's say four months after. So I was probably around 120, 130 days. And our uh, community group at church, which is what we call our Bible study or life group or whatever you call it at your church. um, Mm -hmm. We started this um, program or this series, I guess, called, what was it called? Gospel Fluency. And it was all about like really understanding the gospel as a Christian, very, very in depth. And the the first part of that is um, the workbook tells you to break down your life into three pillars. What are three things that have really like defined your life or what is a series of something in three parts that has really defined your life? And so it's a good question. Yeah. So mine was about pornography. And so my first mm-hmm. pillar was um, like being an addict. Second pillar was admitting I needed help. And then third pillar was road to recovery. Mm-hmm. And that was like probably one of the most powerful nights I've had as a, uh, uh, as part of this life group or the community group. And I remember, I think everyone who shared their three pillars was crying that night, including myself. And I remember that night just talking about my story and at the end saying like, yeah, I'm a hundred and 
whatever, 30 days all clear. And I remember that kind of being like a, a really mm-hmm. proud moment for myself where I was like, yeah, like this mm-hmm. is something to be proud of. Like this does not have to define me in shame anymore. Like this can be mm-hmm. a victorious thing for me. Yeah, so I would say yes. that night was kind of a big turnaround for me. Yeah, like a stake in the ground, right? Where you're like, no, no, like this is now going to be used for like the glory of God. And this is something that can like bring freedom to other people. That's another thing. Yeah. Like I, in closing, I just wanted to kind of chat on was like, um, how did this sort of like affect your relationship with the Lord through those years? Like, was it, was there any, like, did, could you correlate anything to that at all? I'm just curious. Like, yeah, honestly, I wish I could say that there was like this magical defining moment where like God right. kind of brought me into victory, but it wasn't, it was just through like the super mundane things. Like, Mm-hmm. when you're tempted stop and pray or right like be in conversation with god like every morning on my way to work i would pray like god like protect my mind from any and all temptation today and so mm-hmm. it wasn't like there was this crazy moment of you know revelation or anything it was just mm-hmm. the the everyday being in constant conversation with god through prayer yeah that actually reminds me um for people who are like, okay, I, I also want to be like praying for my spouse in this. Um, our um, 30 prayers for your husband or 30 prayers for your wife, if you're a husband, um, there's a, one of the prayers in there is totally specifically for like exactly what you just said. Um, with like covering over your spouse's, your mind, right? It's so like, that's yeah. one thing. Like thinking now I'm like, oh, I should just be praying that over myself. I should be praying that over my husband just like every day. So if you haven't checked those out, check out our um, – ebooks on our shop page on our website and it just gives you a really easy like script prayer to pray um for your spouse over that as well yeah i remember when you sent that to me and i was proofreading Mm -hmm. that i was like this is perfect like this is basically Uh, what my wife was praying over me and is so powerful yeah yeah prayer makes a big difference yeah no it's good well, congratulations. I, I feel like I just Thanks. need to say congratulations <laughs> for Thank how you. far you've come because it's like a beautiful thing. And, and now it's a beautiful gift that you get to sh- like offer these other people who now listen and they're like, okay, well, I'm in this journey now too. Like, what about this? And like, how can you speak to this? And I think it's just like a whole nother resource for these listeners um, and like the people on the podcast. And so if people ever have like questions about this stuff, are you cool to like answer if other people are like, I'm struggling with this, like, can you, whatever, that's something you're interested yeah. in. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. If anyone's interested, just send a DM to our kingdom sexuality page on Instagram yeah. and you can like address me by name or if it's porn related, I'll see it and I will take that question. Yeah. But yeah, feel free to ask. And if you aren't comfortable, um, posting on like are not posting but dming our main page then you can follow my personal page or send me a message on my personal page and i'll see that perfect awesome yeah so guys just in summary if you are going through this or ladies if you're going through this Mm -hmm. i would say my two big takeaways from my kind of road to recovery were twofold one you need to remove access so you need to get Mm. some sort of software like covenant eyes covenant eyes is really good now really really good it's not like it used to be back in the day um 
even if you find a way around Covenant Eyes now, one cool thing that they've implemented is it will randomly screenshot all of your devices when they're active. So, and it will send those screenshots to your accountability partner. So even if you're looking, so if you're looking at something you should have and you've gotten around Covenant Eyes, it will be on the lookout for that and it'll screenshot it and it'll send it in your report to your accountability partner. So it's this next level account. Yeah. It's this next level accountability of, okay, I got around this thing. I'm seeing what I, I want to see, even though I shouldn't. And yeah. it's, yeah, just this next level of accountability where you can never know when the screenshot's coming, so don't risk it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, one, remove access. Two, um, confess it to someone. If you're married, yeah. definitely confess it to your spouse, but also find someone of the same sex who is a friend or a mentor and confess it to them and ask them to be your accountability partner. And if you want to implement like the AC text that I, that I do, I think that's awesome because you can yeah. see every day, you can see your account going up and up and up. And that yeah. visualization was so powerful for me. So just text them and be like, yeah, AC1, AC2, AC3, or come up with your own code word if you want to. But yeah, yeah. definitely remove access and find some accountability. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hope that helps. If anyone is going through this, please feel free to DM us on our main page or um, I know some of you have already tried to follow me on my personal page and I haven't really been allowing that, but I'll open that up uh, if anyone (laughs) does want to uh, follow me so they can send me a message. So yeah, hope this helps someone out there and everyone have a great week. Hey friends, thank you so much for hanging with us today as we dive deeper into meaningful, godly intimacy, tackle the hard questions, and embrace truth while we're at it. We're also on Instagram. You can find our handle in the show notes alongside any resource links we mentioned in the show. As always, our hearts are to cultivate deep community and freedom with you guys. We are so honored to walk this journey alongside you. We'll see you in the next episode.